0: as we walk down this path today of just looking at what it means to be a a devoted disciple, uh, as we look at our, I like to say, our our followership, um, my real hope is really to just come alongside of you today and help you consider that, help you pause and to say, what's, where's my followership with Jesus at right now? And how can I just say my next yes to him? Uh, I, I trust uh, and know that life is happening to you right now. Uh, it's happening to all of us, isn't it? And it's at that place where life's happening to us that our followership is really put to the test. And um, as I was just preparing for our time today, um, and then I put my study notes aside and all of that and just journaled a little bit, um, uh, I wrote a couple of things down that, uh, um, that we're all trying to make our way through life and life throws us uh, a lot of things and we want to be oriented to God in those things. That's what followership is, to be oriented towards him in all the things that life uh, throws at us. And I also wrote the thought down that God has something to share with you. <laughs> He has something to share with you. He has, he has something in your followership right now to speak to you today out of this passage that has been uh, selected for us to just to, to ponder. So as he's speaking to you, you'll know that because your heart will start to, to burn within you. There'll be some places that you gravitate towards and you might not even know why, uh, but he's causing you To pay attention, that's how his spirit works in our hearts. So as he's doing that, that's what you are just to pay attention to and see what he has for you in that. Um, And my hope is that as we kind of walk through this, uh, it's a text that we could walk away saying, there's a whole lot of things I need to go and do. (laughs) And it becomes a burden to us in a way that weighs us down. And I think with an atmosphere of grace that those songs really helped us get to, uh, that you would just feel invited to say your next yes to Jesus. So that's, uh, that's where we're going this morning. Our text this morning uh, is in Luke uh, chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, uh, starting uh, in verse uh, 53. As we get into this text this morning, uh, we are kind of converging on a core value of the Christian Missionary Alliance as well. Uh, that core value is stated this way, completing the Great Commission will require the mobilization of every fully devoted disciple. And so we're going to circle back around to the mission part of what it means to be a devoted disciple, our followership, uh, as we kind of get to the end of the message. Uh, But we'll be focusing on what does it mean to be a a fully devoted uh, disciple. So let's read in in Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 57. The text says this, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replies, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. is fit for service in the kingdom of God. May God bless the reading and reflection of his word today. This is an interesting text. Uh, As we hear some of those things, I've often looked at those as these point in time moments where, hey, I've got to decide right this second, and if I don't, it's all over. (laughs) Uh, And that there is an urgency to them, and in that way, I think we can read it that way. I also think these are phases of time in our life as followers, that in a very real way, in our followership of Jesus, we're going to travel through uh, each one of these uh, moments, and I I just kind of term them turning points these turning point moments in our discipleship where we're going to be tested. Uh, in, in some of these ways. As some of what Jesus is saying here, you know, if somebody is talking to you uh, and you give them a reply to a question or something like that, uh, you're hearing what the person is saying and you're responding to that. But also the way in which you respond to that person often is somewhat a function of what you've been processing or thinking or what's been on your mind already, Right. Well, what's been on Jesus' mind as he comes upon this situation? Because that colors why he's saying what he's saying to these would-be followers. Uh, In a few verses earlier in Luke, in verse 51, it says this, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And then in the next few verses, Jesus uh, faces tremendous opposition. And so what's going on in Jesus's mind? He has resolutely, or it's an about face, it's a, a stern face towards what is coming. And he has in his own mind, what does it mean for me to fully follow the father's path for my life? He's got in mind this next set. And in Luke, this is a turning point in the gospel. These next 10 chapters in Luke are Jesus's move towards Jerusalem and his, what comes along on the road, which as we read, these are some along the road would be disciples. And so Jesus is speaking some of these things and they're colored by what he's facing personally. His own challenges that he's facing is, what does it mean for me to follow the Father's purposes for my life? And he's uh, inviting then, I think, uh, these into that same followership. If you're going to follow me, the the same path that I'm on, this same path is going to come upon you. And you're going to be challenged with the exact same kinds of decisions that i 'm challenged with, and that 's what it means uh, to follow me and He does that in these three uh, particular ways. this first turning point uh, i've spoken of it this way: devoted disciples will be called to great sacrifice uh, in this first part there's a they're walking along the road, and I imagine you know crowds of people began to follow jesus right and when you hear something that's exciting to you, you're like, oh yeah, let's do that, right? You hear a cool idea or something along that line. You're like, let's, we jump out like, let's do it. Let's do it. And that's a, a bit of the imagery that I get as they're walking along the road. And this disciple or this would-be disciple says, I'll follow you wherever you go, wherever you go. <laughs> and then Jesus replies because he has this backdrop in his mind. I'll follow you, Father, wherever you take me. Oh, that's where you're taking me. (laughs) And so he gives this potential follower a moment of pause. And he says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And Jesus is just reflecting on the fact that for him, what it's meant to follow the Father has been, yeah, I don't really have home base. That's one of the sacrifices that it's cost me to follow my father's will. I don't, I don't have a hometown to go back to where I, I stay all the time and I've, you know, it, I'm, I'm, he's been called to an itinerant preaching and teaching and healing ministry. And that's one of the sacrifices that Jesus was asked to make as he follows the father's will. So he pushes back on this disciple. I'll follow you wherever you go. And he says, wait a minute there are going to be some, some large sacrifices that are going to come as you seek uh, to follow me. As you think about somebody in the scriptures who makes bold claims, <laughs> one of the disciples perhaps, makes bold claims to follow Jesus, who, who comes to your mind? Peter. Yeah, Peter. Uh, I can see Peter in, you know, we can see him in this. I'll follow you, right? And, and that's what he says is uh, in Matthew uh, 26. Um, you know, Jesus told all the disciples, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. <laughs> and Jesus, uh, and then Peter says, oh, not me. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. It's sort of that, that bold claim to followership. think we want to make those claims too, don't we? I'll follow you wherever you lead me. But then it starts really costing something. And there's some pause there. And it pushes us uh, back a bit. It's a test of our followership when we have to sacrifice there's a lot of types of things I think we might have to sacrifice. And it's going to be contingent upon the way in which Jesus is asking you to follow him. Not, not many of us um, are going to be itinerant ministers and, and have no place to lay our head. We, we have a place to lay our head. But there come upon us sacrifices that, that we also need to make in our, our following uh, of Jesus. And I find a lot of times I want enough followership to be in but not enough followership where I'm stripped. And life strips us, doesn't it? Life tests us. And in that moment are are we going to follow? Will we sacrifice what is what is needed? That's the first test of real discipleship. When, it, when the rubber meets the road, will we sacrifice the things the Lord's calling us to sacrifice? The next turning point uh, is uh, devoted disciples will be tested to prioritize the kingdom of God in their life. They'll be tested to prioritize the kingdom of God in their life. Uh, in this next one, and one of the interesting features of this text is, uh, in the first one, the the person claims, I will follow you. We'll find that in, this, in the third person as well. These, they're making the claims. Where here in the second one, Jesus is pointing somebody out. <laughs> you could imagine kind of walking along, and you're in the crowd, and you're like, yeah, this is good. This is good. This is, my heart's kind of burning. There's some... Like I'm being drawn in, and then he's like, yeah, you. I'm pointing to you, Dave. (laughs) Yeah, you. Follow me. You. Follow me. And you. Follow me. See, the dynamic changes in this one, where in the exuberance of a would-be follower, I'll I'll follow you wherever. Jesus flips this one. He says, you, follow me. And the man uh, replies, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Follow me, but first. (laughs) There's, There's something in the way. Jesus hit on something when he said, follow me, that this person was holding on to. And part of our followership with Jesus is him catching us in places where he says, follow me. But it's in a place that we are going to wrestle to lay it down. And he knows those places. Why did he pick this person out? He knew this person needs to be brought to a turning point. They need to be faced with what they're holding on to. And life has a funny way of bringing us to turning point moments where we realize what we're holding on to. And it's at that place then Jesus says, you, follow me. Jesus said, to him let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. It sort of seems like a reasonable thing to ask. Let me go bury uh, my father. Scholars think, well, if the man's father had died, he wouldn't be in the crowd. He would have been making preparations and so forth. So you know part what could be going on here for this person is, okay, dad's aging, and oh, wait a minute you're going to take me, you know, you're going to take me away from these, this last phase of time. Uh, I, I've often wondered too, I wonder if this was an eldest son who was set to receive inheritance. And all of a sudden he could be captain of the ship. And I've been waiting to lead the family. And, you know, and so it's like, inherit the family business and all of those things. And it's like, oh, I've got my life. I've got how this trajectory was supposed to go. And now you're wanting me to shift from, like, I want to follow you and stay in this life that I thought for myself. But no, you're now asking me to, no, no, I want to go do this first. And Jesus has a way of knowing where we're hanging on. You know, that omniscience thing gets to me every time. Because that's the place he's going to, you know, he's going to come and, and challenge your followership. And the primary way I keep finding he does that is the things in life that come upon us that we don't choose. They're just there. And we're faced with those things. And then we find out what's in us. What's facing you right now that's challenging your followership? That's challenging, this isn't how I thought, God. This isn't who I thought you were to, like, let me be in this place right now. As I was pondering this, I wrote in my journal kind of this Uh, summary sort of statement, saying your next yes to Jesus means you will stare in the eyes of whatever you are faced with and set about finding out how you can find Jesus in it and through it in a way that you never could any other way. I'll read it again. Saying your next yes to Jesus means you will stare in the eyes of whatever you're faced with whatever it is, you'll look it dead in the eye. And most times we just want to get out of all of those things. But we stare it in the eye it's, and we face it. And then a devoted disciple says, I'm going to find Jesus in this no matter what. He can show up anywhere. And if we do an about face like Jesus did to Jerusalem and whatever we're faced with, we say, I'm going to find you here. I'm not just going to survive this thing. I'm going to thrive because somehow you are going to show up in the midst of this. And then my last part, in a way that never could happen in any other way. You see, there's ways in which he can meet you that can only come by certain kinds of difficulties and trials you'd never find it any other way. Certain valleys only reveal certain kinds of things about who God is. And if you are willing to face whatever it is, and I know you're facing things. I know you are. There isn't a person in this room that's not facing something. How does Jesus want to show up there for you? And a devoted disciple doesn't quit or or, or back away. He says, "You can show up here, even though I don't like this, and I don't like you for putting, you know that, you see how we're, I don't like you for putting me in here. This isn't this isn't the, the God that I thought would do this kind of thing, right? And so he might be redefining who he is in this whole process to you. But devoted disciples let that happen. We're tested, but that helps us prioritize the kingdom of God in our lives. When Jesus calls us out and says, come follow me, <laughs> it brings out all the excuses. And that's a good thing. We should not be afraid of our excuses because it just lets us know where we're hanging on and where we need to find Jesus and where we need to come to a place of trust, and he will bring you to it if you face it. This last uh, turning point, devoted disciples keep saying their next yes to Jesus. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Seems like a very okay thing to do. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. These three um, challenges, um, they are mirroring um, the call of Elisha. Um, when Elijah called him, so there there is an Old Testament backdrop to this whole scene that's playing out here. I have the scripture here from First Kings 19 uh, that's the backdrop to this kind of challenge. So it's kind of playing out an Old Testament uh, passage here. Uh, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha. Uh, son of Shaphat, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Uh, that would be a sign that he's, he's calling him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned uh, the plowing equipment to cook the meat and give it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. And so uh, I think maybe uh, a would-be disciple number three, maybe learned a little bit from listening to the others. Exuberant first follower, then Jesus calls somebody out. And here he says, well, I'll follow you, but he gives the condition first. Um, and he picks, uh, you know, they're familiar with the Old Testament. He picks a way in which, oh, okay, Jesus couldn't possibly challenge me on this one. And, and yet uh, Jesus does. Because the kingdom of God has to be our first priority. When Jesus calls and challenges our followership, then the kingdom takes uh, priority. I love what uh, Elijah does <clears throat> in that passage. He he asks to go back and say goodbye, uh, but then he takes his, his yoke, uh, his, his oxen, he slaughters them, and he burns his plowing equipment to roast it. What is he symbolizing? What is he doing? I am never going back. I've been called to a whole new kind of life, a whole... I'm not going back, you know, and the current would be follower is pulling on a text that really Elisha was fully devoting himself, even though he said, I'm going, I want to go back and kiss my family. I'm going back to tell them I'm never coming back. And he demonstrates that. And Jesus uh, says, well, the kingdom is even a higher priority than the call uh, Elijah gave to Elisha. So no, there's, there's no going back. It's, it, it, it pokes at us of the the priority of the kingdom of God uh, in our lives, and devoted disciples keep saying their next yes to Jesus. No one who puts their hand to the plow looks back and is fit for the kingdom of God. If you were to be plowing a field, right, you need to make straight straight rows. But if you look back, what starts happening? Pastor Jim was telling a story. Uh, this week. <laughs> Do you remember? He said, oh, when I go to lean over and turn the radio <laughs> knob, then, you know, you start veering just a little bit, right? And uh, I thought, oh, this, is, this is, you know, you look back and all of a sudden now we're, we're getting off course. Friends, when, when we're being challenged, we tend to look back and say, oh, well, the luck I had over there Go back there to that place. God's people have been doing that from all the way back, right? Oh, let's go back to Egypt. It was better there. At least we had, you know, we had this and food and blah, 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 right? And he, Jesus keeps asking us just to say our next yes as we move forward in our followership uh, through life. I think of, uh, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, we get we can think of these as just one-time moments. Uh, I think it's also fair to say there's seasons in our life where these things, these challenges, might be, we're, we're faced with them. And they've got to get worked, worked through. As I think of another biblical example. I think of John Mark, who, I'll follow you, right? And he, he went on missionary journeys, but then... In one of those journeys, he goes back home, and Paul is done with him, and in one sense is not wrong in being done with him. Barnabas (laughs) isn't done with him and lets it be a process, and then John Mark is really brought into the place of a, a fully devoted follower. So you might be in a season or a space where you're being challenged and you, you are, you might be looking back. Um, I think uh, as I've, it's interesting, some of these, you know, these last two messages I'll be sharing here at Hope with you, they have really allowed me to process my own journey uh, in light of, and, and it's like God maybe gave me these texts and these particular messages uh, because they're not, this isn't just a teaching I'm giving you. This is a path that I'm, that I'm walking on uh, for myself. And it, you know, there, there's exuberant, I'll I'll follow you, Jesus. Right. But not, not into this, (laughs) like I'll follow you. If everything can be stable, if uh, financially I can be secure uh, if I can have a home base and remain there, my my daughter said, you know, and we're just processing all this. She's like, Dad, you know, at our first place we were there ten years, in Dayton we were there five years, two years at Hope. Is it going to be six months the next time? And you, like you can just, you know, okay, Jesus, what what is this is? The, oh, I'm being we're being challenged, and will I? do an about-face and say, okay, show up for me and my kids and our family and take us on a path that, like, this isn't where I saw it going. And that's the interesting thing about our followership because, you know, at least 50% of the stuff that comes upon us, we did not have in our mind were going to come upon us. And... I find myself saying are you kidding this is this is the path like when i said yes to you i imagined it being a good like a you know and then it clicks like jesus's invites, the, the the word in this text that shows up 3 times is follow me like follow me on the road to to challenge to death to where you're stripped of everything and that's life And if we approach our life as discipleship, then we are going to be in this stripping process. Now that may seem depressing and don't leave yet, right? Um, But there is a freedom on the other side of being stripped of everything. And by the end of Jesus's life, what could he do? You don't take it from me. I lay it down willingly. There's a reason he had 33 years on this earth. He was human too. He had to be built up to that place where he could say that. Was he ready to say that 15 years earlier? Well, we'd say, well, he was got, could he? Oh, sure, he could have. But he walked a human pathway that prepared him to say, no, you can't take anything from me. That's freedom, friends. You can't take a job from me. You can't take health from me. You can't take a bank account from me. You, You can't take anything from me. Because I've been stripped in a way that it's, I can lay it down. That's freedom. That's followership. And so all of these things that you walk through and march through in life, friends, we've got to embrace them and hug them. And I know you don't want to. I don't don't want to. I want to be angry. I want to complain to God. I want to tell him why this isn't, you know, fair or all of those things. If I hug it, I can learn from it. If I can be hospitable to the things that I don't want to face, I can can find him there. Friends, I guarantee you, if you can be hospitable to the places that are hard, he'll show you who he is. And that's the Christian journey. There is no other journey. Everything else is pew sitting. And so these are Tough challenges, these are turning point kind of challenges. But what's on the other side of them is freedom. And it's good. And the air is clean there. I hope as a Hope family, we're going to put our our hands on the plow already. (laughs) And when any of us wants to give up, we've got to say, don't, don't. He's going to show up for you. <laughs> I guarantee it. You do an about face like Jesus did. We're going to the cross. And I we're going. The Father's going to meet us. And he will meet you too. Well, Pastor Jim and the team's going to come back. And this closing uh, song, um, they're going to just, they're going to just kind of sing it for us first uh, a time or two. What's your next yes? What's your next yes? What are you facing that you can do an about face and say, in this, show me who you are. So take a few moments as they play and allow this question just to be between you and the Lord. Don't make a hasty yes if you're not ready. But in your heart you might be and you say, you know what? <laughs> His grace showed up. I, I I don't know. I can say yes now. Then say it.